Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we argue about how to pluralize Legos. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Super Mario Legos and E3 being canceled. And then on Thursday, we're going to be answering a question about where to start with Nintendo stuff, and we will be discussing the Indie Showcase. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be with you, Patrick. Kind of. Kind of. So this is this is a first. This is an NCS first. We are not in the same room recording this show. That's right. We are social distancing ourselves away from each other, <laughs> which uh, is hard because it is uh, very. I'm very used to you just coming over on Monday night. A hundred percent. It just feels right. <laughs> like you should just be yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand we're doing the right thing, um, but it does, it does feel weird, and I think it's okay to acknowledge that it feels weird. Yes, but hopefully for the listener, it is a seamless experience. And if you see some seams, like, try to, just try to be understanding. Okay? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of other places where we are seeking your understanding, we are going to put a temporary freeze on the Sonic Forces borrowing program. And not just because uh, over FaceTime it's impossible for Mark and I to say our, our email address the way that you're used to hearing it. <laughs> but also we because I thought about it. We really we, thought about it. Yes. It'd be too hard. Um, but uh, if you want to send us an email, uh, I'm just gonna, Mark, I'm just going to say it. I think you okay? have to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm with you. Um, I'm, it- I'm there saying it with you in spirit. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if you want to get on the uh, the list to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Um, and uh, you can give us your mailing address and we will eventually send you Sonic Forces. Right now, it doesn't seem like a good idea to be sending uh, a little packet of disease through the mail. Um, so we're not going to do it for now. <laughs> but it's still a good program. It is still a good program i fully support it even though i couldn't say the email address god it was heartbreaking also i realized that uh even just saying it by myself like the the word felt weird in my mouth without hearing it (laughs) echoed okay all right in april we're doing another retro month like we did last march um we're going to be playing through the classics of the super nintendo except for the first super mario world which we've talked about to death So first on April 2nd, we're going to be talking about Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. And for that, we would love for you to send in uh, your most memorable moments from the game. Anything really you want to talk about The Link to the Past, send in to us. You can email email us. I'll go ahead and read the email address this time. It is NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com. And it is very weird to say the first part of that. (laughs) 
um, yeah, so that that's coming up first, and then the rest of the month we are going to be playing uh, Super Metroid the next week, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island the week after that, and Star Fox the week after that. Um, but uh, that's not till April, so Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Uh, so I continue to play Murder by Numbers which I only love more the deeper into it I get. Um, I'm in the middle of the third case right now. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we were talking last week about how uh, the, sometimes you just want to be doing, like, the, the pick cross puzzles, and you're like, yeah, yeah, the story, it, like, it, it's also fun, but it's like a different gear, a different kind of fun. Um, and I really like how the game, as you uh, gain detective levels in um like by solving puzzles that you get access to more um just puzzles to solve for scouts memories um so it's been really nice uh kind of choosing when i want to just do puzzles um and just do the do the scout memories um but also the 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 third case is super fun it takes place at a gay club and it's got drag queens it's amazing I've been playing Murder by Numbers too. I have also been really enjoying it. I, I like being able to go to like Scout's Memories and just do the puzzles. I'm wondering if it's just because I've been playing on easy instead of normal that uh, I can't unlock all of the puzzles for case one or case two. Oh, that's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, so I think you, uh, like, by the time I get to the end of uh, any of the cases, I'm level S. Um, and I think that is because, like, when you finish a puzzle, it, it's, it shows like a difficulty level and um, like how many hints you used. Um, and I have yet to use a hint and I'm playing on the normal difficulty. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe to unlock all of them, you do need to be playing it at regular difficulty. Oh, yeah. Cause I don't think I, I definitely don't think I've ever earned enough points to be level S. But also in the beginning, in that first case, I was really lackadaisical where like, and I, I don't know if it does this in normal mode and maybe it's been giving me, a, it was giving me a penalty for all those times. But like, if you make a mistake, like you're saying, ah, yes, this is um, a spot I should fill in, but it's not. It's like, oops, you got it wrong. It's that's an X. Oh, that's interesting because like uh, I'm, you know, playing on, on normal and with no hints. Um, and if I mark a square wrong, there is no penalty. Um, but you know, like, or it won't tell me right away at, at any rate. Um, like I can finish a puzzle with mistakes in it and then it just doesn't end the puzzle. Like I'm just wrong and have to just delete everything and start over again. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not how easy is at all. Easy tells you. When you made a mistake, so I'm guessing that's why I'm not able to like earn enough detective points to level up far enough mm, to unlock mm. all of Scout's memories. Um, and then we uh we are both playing um a link to the past uh on our own. Mark, how where where are you playing it? Are you playing it on Switch? I am playing it on Switch. Um, I my I'm sad to report that my Joy Cons I think are like in a downward spiral oh no yeah it's actually the same thing that happened to me with my first pair of joy con and i don't know what i'm doing wrong or if my switch is defective or the dock is or something but basically what happened what has happened is that when i have my joy cons connected to the switch 
and the switch is in the dock, it seems like it's like overcharged the Joy-Con or something. And so hmm. they don't they don't really hold a charge anymore. Um, I can keep oh, it connected. Weird. Yeah, if I connect it to the switch and then um, take the switch out of the dock, the Joy-Con will like charge for a little bit. And but as soon as I take them out of the dock, you know, within maybe like half an hour, forty five minutes, they're out of battery again. So wow, that's wild. Because like I've, I mean, you know, I I play mostly with a pro controller, but I've I don't think I've ever experienced a low battery warning on a Joy-Con. Like ever. yeah, so th- yeah, this is the second pair of Joy-Con that it's happened to. And so mm. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. It sounds like, like you're I'm the problem. Tr- it sounds like you're the problem. I mean, I am the common denominator. Well, that along with my Switch and my dock. But I just don't... I feel like I'm using it the way it's designed to be used, so I don't really know what's happening. Um, mm. But anyways, to answer your question, yes, I'm playing A Link to the Past on my Switch. Um, I have been playing it on my uh, Super NES Classic, um, which I dragged into the bedroom um, because it's so small. And I can just play it on the, the TV in the bedroom. And it, uh, you know, we, uh, both Sarah and I are working from home right now, um, which means uh, that we're just right on top of each other all day because <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of space. Um, so, yeah, uh, both the bedroom and the living room have become uh, like work slash um, just existence spaces. Uh, so, yeah, Super NES is in the bedroom now. <laughs> I realized yeah. that I have four different machines on which I could be playing this game because I've got the uh, <laughs> Super NES, uh, Super NES Classic. I've got the Super NT and a Link to the Past cartridge. I've got uh, the Switch and I've got my uh, new 3DS and they all have a Link to the Past on them. Every single one. I really like playing a Link to the Past in handheld mode. It looks mm. nice on the TV, but in hand, but in handheld mode, it's like the perfect device because the the screen and the game just like looks so good, but the resolution like of the game itself works, yeah. I feel like, so much better on one of those smaller screens. Totally. Um, but we will have more thoughts on A Link to the Past, obviously, uh, in, in a week and a half. Um, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. All right. I mean, it is the week. Friday, March 20th, Animal Crossing New Horizons is released on Switch. Finally uh, this, here. Yes. It, this feels huge. I don't know why this feels as big as it does. Does it feel huge to you too, Mark? It does feel huge. And part of it is just because, like, to this point, it's the only Nintendo game with a date on the calendar. <laughs> Which is and insanity. it feels like something we've been waiting for for like months. Mm-hmm. Oh, because we have been right. Well, because it was uh, it was originally supposed to come out last year. Um, and I don't they didn't right. have like a hard date or anything. Um, but you know we had assumed it was going to be out in 2019. Um, so you know these these last couple months have been uh, you know just like a we haven't had a big new Nintendo release, and uh, now we we finally get it. Um, are you excited to pick up Animal Crossing? I am. I really have liked the games in the past, the handheld games in the past, mostly the DS1 Wild World and New Leaf I thought was excellent. So 
I'm really excited to see, you know, what this like hybrid version looks like. The only other console version I had played was City Folk for the Wii, and that was a huge disappointment to me. But this feels more like what a real Animal Crossing should feel like. So I'm really excited. Also, it just feels kind of like perfect timing in the sense that yes. it's just like a big like comfort game. So I'm I'm really excited to dig into it. Yeah, I mean Animal Crossing always sort of presents the like mundane fantasy of you get to own your own home, which is already <laughs> already something <laughs> that I'm like, oh, that sounds wonderful. Um, but also just like the ability to visit friends now, I'm like, yes, <laughs> that seems great. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then also on March twentieth, Doom sixty four is released on the Switch eShop. Um, is that something, cause we've talked about it just like a, a little bit here and maybe more as like a curiosity. Um, but you were really into the last, uh, doom, especially, uh, the switch port is doom 64, something you are interested in, maybe interested in picking up later. Maybe interested in picking up later. I am interested in picking up doom internal, which is releasing on other platforms on the 20th, but I'm going to wait for switch. I think. Um, cause I'm going to have animal crossing to play and I would rather have kind of like something to look forward to on my switch. Yeah, that makes sense to me. All right. Well, those are the new releases. Let's close that out. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, today we have unfinished business. A 433 first. <laughs> That's right. A 433 part two. Also, I don't know if it is a first. Didn't we also break up the one where we were trying to name all the Marvel movies? Wasn't that oh, a yeah, two-parter? That's right. <laughs> no, you're right. We did. This is definitely not a first. <laughs> um, so we we are ranking sitcom catchphrases. Um, and last time we were just able to name a couple um, and uh, d- really didn't get into ranking them at all. So now we are going to get mm-hmm. back into the nitty gritty of actually ranking the following catchphrases. They are, I'm the baby, gotta love me from Dinosaurs. Did I do that? The old Steve Urkelism from Family Matters. Bazinga from... Um, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, thank you. Um, How Rude from Full House. I Carumba from The Simpsons. Uh, Whoa from Blossom. And Lucy, You Got Some Splainin' to Do um, from I Love Lucy. And of course, we removed um, uh, That's What She Said uh, from The Office because Michael Scott's relationship to it is too complicated. It's like, uh, it's, it's too post-ironic for us to even deal with. Yes. We can't handle it even in a 433 part two. No, and we would need a 433 part three in order to pull that (laughs) together. So, Mark, what what are you thinking here? Which of these is the best catchphrase? Or which one is the worst? Which one are you like, I don't need that? So, I don't particularly care for Lucy, you've got some splaining to do. Mm, Okay. Is Is it because it, like, rides a little, first of all, there are two things that suck about it, right? <laughs> One is that it's leaning a little bit on his accent. 
to be like part of the catchphrase, mm-hmm. which is isn't fun. And then the other half is that like uh he's maybe threatening his wife. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so maybe. <laughs> She, I, she, I guess to be fair, she does frequently have some explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I would put that one down lower. For sure. Okay, I'm, I'm also gonna say that we should put "I'm the baby, gotta love me" down low, and I love, I love the baby from dinosaurs in like a totally ironic way, and loved it sincerely when I was a child. Um, but it's so annoying. <laughs> Look, it is really annoying, but which other one of these has like an entire literal song around it? Okay. I knew you were going to bring up the music video to I'm the Baby Gotta Love Me. <laughs> when is the last time you watched this thing? Because it's a train wreck from I'm... start to finish. <laughs> I have no illusions of it being good. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Well, then is... how are we ranking these things? <laughs> I'm not saying that the music video is high quality. I'm uh-huh. not saying... Okay, we have to get through this. We only have four <laughs> minutes and 33 seconds. Okay, so yeah, fair, fine. I'm the baby, gotta love me, down low. We, um, we can put it above uh, Lucy, you got some splaining, but yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I'm gonna say I Carumba is maybe at the top. Oh, just... Uh, okay, all right. We, we can put I, I Carumba near the top. I also feel like Did I Do That um, did, is... Did I, oh, you're right. Do you know what? Did I do that is probably a better encapsulation of the character mm-hmm. than I Karumba is. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll go, did I do that at the top, then I Karumba, uh, and then the then bottom I say, is... Mm. I say woe comes next for its versatility. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that, um, which means then we just need to place Bazinga and How Rude. I'll confess that I prefer How Rude to Bazinga, um, even though they're both insufferable and like display <laughs> the worst qualities of these characters, right? I've definitely seen more episodes of Full House than I have Big Bang Theory. So I think that's fine. All right. So here's, here's what we're doing. Our final ranking uh, is uh, coming in at number, how many of these do we have? Seven. Number seven, Lucy, you've got some explaining to do. Number six, I'm the baby, gotta love me. Number five, Bazinga. Number four, how rude. Number three, whoa. Number two, I caramba. And uh, at number one, the best TV catch, sitcom catchphrase of all time is, did I do that from Steve Urkel? Uh, we still have a little bit of time before this performance of 433 is over. <laughs> We are committed to the bit. That's right. We shan't talk about Nintendo until it is over. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we're not saying that these are the best. Oh, well, well. Oh, I guess, I guess we'll never we, know. Uh, we will never know. We were accompanied today by a, an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. So this seemed like really big news when it happened last week, but now it Huge. seems like a million years ago. <laughs> uh, and now it's just kind of commonplace. Um, the ES- ESA announced that E3 2020 has been canceled. Uh, the gaming conference is normally held in June in Los Angeles, and Nintendo normally goes all out for it. Um, mm-hmm. But this year, uh, none of that is going to be happening. 
Uh, well, I mean, maybe like there, the the show, yes, is definitely not happening. Nintendo is not going to set up a booth that looks like Breath of the Wild Part Two or whatever. Um, but uh, I, you have to imagine that we're still going to see um, video presentations from a lot of different publishers, but uh, espe- especially from Nintendo, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, even yesterday, Microsoft uh, threw. Um, I why am I blanking on it? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but basically through a website, just completely blew out what the Xbox, the next Xbox is is going to be like, like all the specs and everything, and they're still talking about mm-hmm. it like it's coming, uh, holiday twenty twenty. So yeah, I would expect them to do some sort of big digital presentation, um, as well, and it just makes sense. I mean, the Nintendo Direct format has worked so well for Nintendo. And I know we've seen like PlayStation try to do a little bit of it with state of play and all that kind of stuff. But now feels like an opportunity for these companies to really do like a polished online presentation. Yeah. And not just an opportunity, but like uh, it's necessary, right? Like there is no, uh, there's no other outlet for it right now. You know, we saw um, GDC canceled a couple weeks ago. um, And, you know, it it seems like at least for the foreseeable future, you know, we can't count on any of these uh, big conventions actually happening. Um, or, or can we? We I have a new story coming up later that suggests possibly otherwise. Um, talking about E3 still, a statement from Nintendo reads in part, quote, We'll continue to be flexible and redirect our efforts to other ways of keeping our fans up to date about our activities and products. Because of the COVID-19 outbreak, large industry events may be untenable for the foreseeable future we are considering various ways to engage with our fans and we'll have more to share as the year continues. Yeah. So like, you know, one of the things, um, when, uh, like Sony was saying that they were pulling out of, uh, of E3 or would, cause they pulled out last year. Um, but the, when they were saying that they were not coming back for, um, a second year in a row was that they were going to be like kind of doing their own events, um, and like in store, uh, kind of things. And obviously, um, that's not a solution for this because it's not as though uh, Nintendo is avoiding E3 because it is an event they don't want to partake in. It's because like the idea of events is uh, it, it can't be done right now. Um, but so it's just it's uh, I think important to um, like remember the distinction between those things. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, like uh, you were saying, Nintendo hasn't done a live event at E3 for years. Um, and so, you know, potentially they could still do a direct around that time and still do like a treehouse live type thing, depending on what the situation is. Yeah. I mean, at at this point, I would bet that they do a Tuesday morning Nintendo direct, like the, that, the Tuesday morning of the week that would have been E3. Um, like, you know, it's, you know, if it ain't broke, um, but you know, they could also, uh, they could surprise us. I, I, I also think that we will see um, the ESA uh, kind of uh, do like, make an effort to corral these videos together and maybe like uh, host them on like one channel or like I think they're still going to try to make that week mean something and still kind of brand stuff as E3. And I think uh, media coverage will also still refer to it as like 
the week of E3 or like I think we're even though the uh, convention itself is canceled, I think we're still kind of going to be calling it E3. That would be fun. I hope that happens. It does kind of make me wonder what the future of E3 as this big convention is in general. Um, you know, uh, the past few years, E3 just hasn't really felt the same with, you know, Sony not participating in EA and Microsoft's participation being a little bit different. And, you know, last year they had all of that data leak or around yeah. um, press and the ESA just hasn't had a great year in general. And so I, I do wonder how much they like come back from this or if they do take the year to really figure out what E3 should be or like, because to me, splitting the difference between like a fan convention and an industry convention just wasn't really working. It's confusing. Um, yeah. So hopefully they can kind of figure out how to balance that better or just like pick a side. Like if you want to have it, make it a fan convention, I don't really know that it needs to exist, but at least like go for it. At least try. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the real thing uh, that has been like consistent through the last like two years of uh, like the sort of uh, backslide of E3 is that I've been in attendance the last two years. So I will take full <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> uh, also around the COVID-19 um, pandemic that's going on right now, the Nintendo New York store an announced that they were closing for the foreseeable future. They had been trying to do like, you know, limited hours and just having a few people in the store at the time, but all of New York City is pretty much just shut down at this point. Yeah. Yep. However, we did get an announcement for an Indie World Showcase, which will be happening this morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time, so possibly over by the time you're listening to this. It's going to be 20 minutes long, and we'll be talking about all the news that comes out of it on Thursday. Um, this is exciting. We, uh, I, I, uh, you know, increasingly with like the the gaps between like big Nintendo releases, um, you know, I loves me a good indie on Switch. So, uh, yeah, bring them on. Uh, show me what the things I need to be excited about. Yeah, I also think the indie worlds are interesting because i feel like we've nintendo has checked so many of the boxes of the outstanding indie games that weren't on the system and so now at this mm -hmm. point a lot of times they're games that are completely new to me instead of games that i had heard about on other systems finally coming to switch yeah absolutely uh and also kind of interesting around this indie world showcase is that last week uh venture beat published an article reporting that they heard that an Indie World Showcase was happening this week. So check mark for mm -hmm. that. And they heard that a standard direct would be the week following. So it would be happening next week. So maybe we'll get a standard direct next week. Look, it has been we're we're in a standard direct drought, right? We uh we are entitled and we expect to have a standard general <laughs> Nintendo Direct in uh, January or early February at the latest. Um, will we take it in the middle of March, the end of March? Sure. Sure. We'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Does it feel a little bit crazy that it'll be the end of March, potentially, before one happens? Yes. 
but we yes. will take it. We will not look a gift direct in the mouth. Uh, Gamescom has also not been canceled yet, uh, but it's German gaming conference. Oh, the German gaming conference has the benefit of taking place later in the summer, um, August 25th to 29th. So they have a little bit more time to see how things develop. In a statement on Twitter, the show's organizers explained that everything will proceed as originally planned for now, but that they will, quote, follow the recommendations of the responsible authorities regarding major events, evaluate them on a daily basis, and make their decisions after careful consideration. Yeah, so this is really just one of, like, uh, they're not ready to say. uh, Well, and also, like, no one knows what the world is going to look like at the end of August. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so it still uh, very well la- could be canceled. We'll just have to see. Yeah. Last week, Nintendo and Lego announced a special line of Super Mario Legos with a commercial. Um, Mario isn't a minifig like those classic Lego minifigs, but has displays on his eyes, mouth, and chest, which change based on what pieces he's standing on or interact with. This looks really cool. So it looks really strange. It, it does. It does look cool. I wonder. And, like, I definitely want to get my hands on it and play with it, um, but I don't, like, it's not, it's not a game, right? And it doesn't, like, interact with a video game in any way, um, but, like, it does interact with itself, and, like, the Mario is, like, kind of a machine. Like, I don't know, it's, it's, all, it's all very confusing. I don't have my head really wrapped around it yet. Do you? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's uh, I. <laughs> I think you're it's describing a toy. A I, toy. <laughs> I think it's just. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's just a toy. Um, the, I mean, like, the, so the commercial shows multiple sets at use at the same time, so you can like link the levels together, like it's almost like a Mario game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they showed off like shy guys, question blocks, Goombas, flagpoles, piranha plants, pipes, Bowser Jr. and Yoshi. Even, uh, it just looks it feels to me different from what we've seen Lego do in the past. I admit I'm not super like into Lego, so it's possible that this is something they've done with other franchises, but uh it's not what I was expecting when I saw that they were making like Mario Legos. Yeah, I mean I think one of the the big departures is that, you know, Mario is not a minifig. That like the the characters aren't um like crammed into that Lego shape. They're really letting like the Mario part of it drive the way this looks, um, in a way that like isn't normally they let like the Lego brand override that, right? Um, and it seems like the Mario brand is almost uh, the bigger part of this here. Yeah, I mean, you know, Miyamoto and just Nintendo in general has talked a lot about how they're looking to expand the places that Nintendo IP show up. You know, there's the big partnership with Universal theme parks and Illumination Entertainment for a movie. And, you know, I I feel like this is just another pillar of that. You know, maybe in the past we would have seen Nintendo try to make something like this themselves and just release it as a toy or as, you know, like you're saying, something that connects to the Switch. But instead, they're basically working in close partnership with a third party and leveraging what that, like, company does best. Yeah, so it'll be cool to see uh, what this actually ends up being, uh, when it actually comes out, and what it costs, because we don't have any of that information now. <laughs> mm. 
Um, there Polygon was also. Was reporting- uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it, it's uh, so I, I didn't include this in the uh, the uh, news roundup here, but there was also um, some interviews with uh, the guys who are actually like doing uh, like designing the Lego sets, um, and they said that they uh, were um, that this was like the beginning of their relationship with Nintendo that they'd been um, working on the Mario uh, design for four years. Um, and that uh, it, this this marks just the beginning, so we can expect to see other Lego sets uh, with other Nintendo IP at some point in the future. Um, and that's look, I just want to play with a Zelda set of of Legos. That seems great to me. And of course, the inevitable Star Tropics and F Zero sets. Of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, Polygon is reporting that Ring Fit Adventure is completely sold out. In a statement provided to Polygon by Nintendo, they say that they are aware of the issue and working to rectify this problem. But of course, there hasn't been any timeline given to establish or any timeline given on these restocks, partly because it's, you know, difficult to manufacture things in China and then difficult to get them shipped to the U.S. It's just a difficult time. Everything's difficult right now, but... Uh, exercise is always difficult, so <laughs> they need to get these things out so that we can. Because uh, uh, neither you or I picked up Ring Fit Adventure when it came out. Um, no, and I won't. I won't say that I'm kicking myself for that now, because um, like I usually end up going in for the dumb Nintendo peripheral things, right? Um, but I, uh, I, I didn't this time. I showed some restraint, and now I'm unhappy with my restraint. <laughs> Uh, I am enjoying seeing the kind of like continued popularity of this game because I like when Nintendo's weird experiments succeed. And when Ring Fit Adventure first came out, it was like, this is almost too weird. Like the video was so strange, but the product is apparently beloved and amazing. So it's like fun to see these little experiments succeed. Yeah, agree. Especially when, you know, something like uh, Labo is, uh, like, didn't totally light the world on fire. Like, it, it's cool that they, they have found something now. The Switch continues its rollout in mainland China. Um, yesterday, Super Mario Odyssey and Super Mario 8 Deluxe were officially released in the country. That makes three Nintendo first-party titles that have been officially released. The other one being Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which was a launch title when the Switch was released in mainland China officially. Um, a New Super Mario Bros. U, Super Mario Odyssey, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is a killer lineup. Those are three... <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Great games. <laughs> and finally, Metacritic published their top 40 game publishers list based on the scores given to games released in 2019, and Nintendo ranked number three on that list. So so a, a quiet congratulations to Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, a quiet congratulations. This, <laughs> uh, this list kind of confuses me in the sense that, you know, they're averaging all, all of the games that a publisher published that year. So if a company released two games and they averaged out to, you know, like the, I mean, I guess that's still good, but it just seems like a kind of a strange list. Yeah, they, their metrics are weird. Hold on. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, 
So uh, here, here's how they explain what they did. They say, um, we have ranked these publishers in order from best overall uh, game quality to worst using a points-based system ba- based on four factors. Number one, average Metacritic score for all games released in 2019. Number two, percentage of scored, of, percentage of scored products with good reviews. That's at least a Metacritic score of, of 75. Percentage of scored products with bad reviews, 49 or lower, and number of great titles, a Metacritic score of 90 or higher. So, like, if you have more, um, you know, like a, a bunch of 190 is going to count more than like a, a couple 80s, you know what I mean? Because it is a oh, great title. Yeah. Metacritic is out of control with the way that they weight stuff and the way that they <laughs> just like arbitrarily seemingly assign number values to things. But. This is an interesting list, and I think we should go through it. Uh, okay. So the number one publisher was 505 Games, publisher of Control and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Number two uh, and was Bloodstained Activision is... Blizzard. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to say that, uh, like, um, Control, like, both of those, both Control and Bloodstained are, like, high profile and like uh maybe control wasn't as highly anticipated as bloodstained was because that is a game that was kickstarted like a million years ago and is like the return of castlevania um but control wound up on a lot of uh people's like best of 2019 list so like that is uh you know those are two very good examples of uh just good games uh from 505 yeah for sure um, number two is Activision Blizzard. They publish games like uh, Sekiro, Overwatch on Switch, and uh, Hearthstone expansion. That one's a little weird, don't you think? Yeah, I do. Because like, it's like one's a port, one's an expansion, yeah. which I, all right, you know, like, sure, I buy it. Number three is Nintendo, even though no Nintendo game got over 90 on Metacritic last year. They had a bunch of 80s like uh, Fire Emblem, Three Houses, Super Mario Maker 2, Luigi's Mansion 3, and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for Switch. Mm-hmm. Number four is Paradox Interactive. Uh, who? Publisher of Age of Wonders Planetfall. What? Yeah, this is what, like reading through this, uh, just this one makes me go, makes me realize that there is a whole world of games outside of what I'm interested in <laughs> that I'm just not even aware of at all. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, number five is back to uh, something I know and love, Capcom, publisher of Resident Evil 2, Monster Hunter World, uh, the expansion that came out, and then Switch ports of Resident Evil 6. Can't imagine that helped him a whole bunch, and Devil May Cry 2. I bet the the port of Resident Evil Six was at least scoring like that that that's a that's a mid seventies game like that makes sense to me. Not great, but good. Number six is Annapurna Interactive with uh, The Outer Wilds and Telling Lies. Number seven is Xbox Game Studios. Um, in also included in the games that they published this year is Orion the Blind Forest Switch Port. Number eight is Humble Bumble Humble bundle with slay the spire and then square enix with uh final fantasy 14 Shadowbringers and dragon quay dragon quest 11s echoes of an elusive age definitive edition 
<laughs> okay, now this is one where I have to pump the brakes and go what to Metacritic because this is a list of publishers, right? Square Enix did not publish Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. Nintendo did. Yeah. This is where I think we just have to embrace the system. If we're going... All right. We, we just no, have you're right. to love the list for what the list is. You're right. Don't try to change it. <laughs> and then number 10 is Devolver Digital with releases such as Downwell and Ape Out. And Ape Out is... Uh, a good game. I, <laughs> I, I liked Ape Out. So. <laughs> I, thought, I, I was going to be more hyperbolic than that. And then I was like, no, come on. You didn't, you didn't love Ape Out. It was good. It was fun. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, share it. Uh, that helps us out tremendously. And thank you so much for uh, sticking with us as we uh, figure out how to do this thing remotely. I think we're doing pretty good. Mark? Yeah? Yeah, yeah like uh, a Metacritic 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but we don't trust Metacritic. <laughs> uh, make sure you can follow. Make sure you can. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.